Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, a production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and you'll never guess who I am joined by today. Um, just kidding, of course, it's always the reliable, dependable Brady Oltman, our Wild Varsity Preps writer who is on the phone, helping Casper Brady, uh, staying warm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle today, and to be honest, I'm, I was going to complain, but then I looked at the forecast for Saturday, and I'm not going to complain about today anymore, so um, it is what it is. Got any, had any snow up there? Yeah, yeah, it's, it came down, I don't, I mean, I was in a windowless building in the office most of the day, but um, it came down for a little bit, just enough to wet things down. Yeah. Okay, well, good to hear. Uh, it has been uh, frigid with uh, gusting winds down here in Laramie, man. First, uh, first time uh, snow's been on the uh, on the field at uh, War Memorial Stadium, so I guess that's a sign. Winter's officially here. <clears throat> yeah, first is first time of many. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't like I've said before, man. I don't, uh, I don't mind the single digit temperatures at all well it hasn't been that cold yet but um yeah i don't mind the cold if it just wasn't for all all the wind man that makes it so much worse but um anyway brady we got a lot to get into so let's just go ahead and jump into it you want to talk some uh wyoming football oh that's what we're doing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, we good (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so wyoming since the last time we recorded since we didn't record a podcast last week um they have split a pair of games um lost at san diego state and then uh, came back and rebounded with a 23-10 win over new mexico last week and they're sitting at five and two and two and one in the mountain west with uh a another home matchup with nevada on saturday uh games kicking at high noon from uh, war memorial stadium uh can be seen on a and t AT&T Sportsnet, um, but, um, you know, the loss at uh, San Diego State uh, was a game that, um, you know, like so many of Wyoming's games tend to be, really close game. Um, they had a chance to win and, um, you know, fought back after, you know, coughing up an early 14-3 lead and, and took the lead on a, a passing touchdown from uh, Sean Chambers to Rocket Ismail there late. With about five or six minutes left, and then uh, San Diego State drove down and uh, scored the winning touchdown to uh, come out with that win. And um, another game where, um, you know, this passing game just really continued to scuffle. Uh, I think Sean Chambers was 5 of 14 in that game. Um, You know, some more drops that sort of keep uh, continuing to plague this receiving core. So, yeah, hard to – particularly, uh, you know, for this team, it's going to be hard to – to go on the road and, uh, and and beat you know quality competition when you're when you're doing that and also they that was the first time that they've actually lost the turnover margin all season. Um, this one they turned it over twice and did not create a turnover. So uh, all that led to a, a close loss there in San Diego. But uh, last week Brady there was it was very encouraging um, for you know Wyoming players. And I'm sure that coaching staff and, and Wyoming fans, when you talk about the passing game, because um, they came back and 
Sean completed 60% of his passes. Now, obviously, you know, if you follow this Wyoming team all year, you know they're not going to throw the ball a ton. I mean, New Mexico actually is dead last in the country in pass defense, and um, Wyoming threw it a grand total of 15 times in that game. Um, But, you know, Sean completed nine of those, um, and every pass that could have – been caught that receivers got their hands on they caught um it's the best that um i've seen Wyoming's passing game look just in terms of, of being in sync and being in rhythm um in a long time um yeah that was actually the first game that they've completed 60 percent or more of their passes since their win against colorado state last october so I mean, right at a full calendar year since they've had that kind of efficiency in the passing game. And, um, you know, I think I've heard from, you know, a lot of fans on Twitter and just out in real life about, um, you know, the lack of the short passing game and and why isn't Wyoming getting these tight ends more involved. And um, they came out and and did that Saturday. You know, of his nine completions, um, four of those were to tight ends and to uh, running backs. Um, and they've gotten the running backs a little bit more involved, you know, in the passing game. Completed a, uh, a wheel route to Titus Swin in the fourth quarter at San Diego State and then came back uh, and did the same thing um, to set up their first touchdown against New Mexico with a with a route out of the backfield to Xavier Valadez. So, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. I, I, I'll probably uh, ask Craig Bowl about that, just kind of depending on on what they do in the passing game on this coming Saturday against Nevada and, and you know, how they decide to, to attack that because um, Nevada is also another really bad team against the pass. I think they're 116th nationally in passing yards allowed. So, um, again, I, you know, Wyoming's identity is to run it, run it, sort of impose their will and, uh, you know, hit you with a, with a play action every once in a while, uh, you know, sort of when, when, the, when they draw you in and you sort of least expect it. So, um, but yeah, they, their tight ends had three catches. They were efficient. They, for the most part, they stay, stayed ahead of the chains, um, you know, and, and then their, their offensive line just sort of took over and they and, uh, you know, Xavier and Sean doing what he does on the ground, um, you know, and, and eventually just sort of put that game away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was, I don't know, retracing steps back a little bit to New Mexico, I think. Um, Or, sorry, no, God, Um, retracing back to San Diego State. Um, I think think it was something that, um, just very briefly, is something that we talked about um, after the Tulsa game, which was kind of Wyoming would win games, but they weren't really they weren't really stepping on throats. They weren't really putting games away when they could have. And that came, that basically came back to bite them against Tulsa. I mean, they mounted a comeback, but then, you know, they're not going to be able to just miraculously pull games out. They're going to have to make plays in order to win games. And ultimately the basically just, you know, same song or, you know, same song, different verse on, um, on New Mexico's game. Or I'm uh, sorry, I keep saying New Mexico is on San Diego State's game, and but as far as the New Mexico game goes, that obviously the the efficiency stepped up. Um, Chambers passing with a little bit more accuracy is obviously uh, an encouraging sign. I mean, you I don't put him on your Heisman ballot uh, because of again just what nine of fifteen 
doesn't really um he if you had a college football fantasy roster, he would not have netted you a whole lot of points for that one. You might you might have been better mm-hmm. off starting Jimmy Garoppolo or something. But um having said that, I don't know what we we really think we're going to see out of Wyoming every week. I mean, every, every week that you know that they're going to run the ball a lot, you know it's going to come to a couple of different running backs. You know that they're just going to try to pound at a five, four or five yards a, a run, and you know that they're going to try to obviously the goals for the touchdown, but they're just getting into field goal range. They they're happy winning the field position battle because they know that their defense is going to you know limit teams. So, I mean, more so than anything at this point, I think I'm just curious of what's – is is this brand of team, the way that they play it now, is this set up for success um, throughout the Mountain West long term? I, I tend to think so because you play in the Mountain West into December and throwing the football more than 15 times a game is a little risky. So I, I think – by doing this, that they build a team to win in the long term, but that also predicates itself upon winning at the beginning of the season again and getting wins against teams like San Diego State, which they simply haven't had to. And if they want to continue doing everything um, they can in order to make a uh, a bowl game, or if they want to do what they can to hopefully to hold out for a conference championship game, they're going to have to again show up show out against a team like Nevada that is susceptible to the pass instead of just allow, I don't know, instead of just allow you to stick to your game plan enough to the point where you don't throw a couple dice out trying to risk big reward exploiting a a weakness. Um, But that's just, that's just my, my Nevada thought. Yeah. um, And I think you have to define or excuse me, you have to redefine, sort of what balance is with this Wyoming offense because it's it's not going to be the traditional, you know, 50-50, you know, where we're going to pe- throw the ball as much as we run it or we're going to pass for as many yards as we run for. You know, that that's not this Wyoming team. Um, it's not going to be this Wyoming team this year. But where they have – where the balance for them comes in is efficiency uh, because, you know, they are seeing so many seven, eight, uh, sometimes even nine-man boxes where – Defenses are leaving their corners out on islands sometimes, and and daring this Wyoming passing game to make a play, and that's where you that's where you have to make defenses pay. You you have to be able to you know hit them on a slant or hit them on a you know a go route every every once in a while, just so that that, that they respect it, just so they know that you can do that. And you know if you can be efficient in that, if you can complete you know, more than half of your passes are right at a half of your passes, that at least makes them aware of it. It makes them respect it. It makes them, you know, sometimes in those, um, you know, you know, second and longs or, or third and long or third and mediums, at least maybe they'll pull one extra guy out of the box. And that can open up so much, so many things. And um, that's really all this Wyoming offense needs to do because they run the ball so well and, I think you got to give a lot of credit. Uh, this hasn't been talked about, but I think you got to give a ton of credit, um, you know, not only to the offensive line, but the guy that's coaching them and Bart Miller. Uh, you know, I think that might be the most important hire that Craig Bull made, bringing him in to replace Scott Fuchs at, uh, at the offensive line coach. He's just, he's brought in an entirely different mentality 
Um, you know, because Craig Bowles talked about even going back to the to the summer and the offseason, you know, this running game was not bad last year. I mean, they finished fourth in the Mountain West in rushing yards. You had the Mountain West leading rusher in a per game basis in Nico Evans. They were productive, but Craig Bowles talked about how they, the, the, he didn't think there was the, the physicality was at the level that he wants it at. And, you know, just the get off and the push off the ball and blowing guys off the ball, he didn't think that was that was there enough. And, um, you know, now you've brought in a coach that, you know, every offensive lineman that I've talked to, you know, they, they've praised him. I mean, Patrick Arnold said the other day that uh, he was the, the offensive line saving grace. Um, I mean, he's just cr- come in there and created a sort of a different mentality and a different way that they think about going uh, about blocking and, uh, you know, a t- a sort of a tenacity and just sort of a nastiness up there that you got to have and as an offensive lineman in the trenches. And um, I think it's even more impressive when you consider the fact that they've, they're down two of their starting offensive linemen. Eric Boyge, um, one of the most dominant run blockers in the Mountain West um, up until he got hurt uh, against San Diego State at the end of that first half. And, um, you know, they, San Diego State is the top rush defense in the country. Uh, they were giving up less than 50 yards a game going into that uh, Wyoming game. And Wyoming had more than 100 yards at the half. I mean, they were just bulldozing them. And uh, Eric goes down, and, you know, that made all the difference in the world And in the uh, second half where their, their run game was just shut down. Well, that and the fact that, that, you know, Wyoming just didn't complete enough passes for San Diego State's defense to really respect their passing game um, and the threat of it. But, um, you know, he's down. Then Alonzo Velasquez, their right tackle. Uh, Craig Bull said this week that um, he will undergo surgery um, on Monday, and they will determine then whether – it's just something they have to go in and clean up, or it's going to be a sort of a season-ending procedure. So, you, you know, you two of your starting offensive linemen are down, and two of your top three running backs are down. You know, Trey Smith is may very well miss the rest of the season with that ankle injury he suffered against Tulsa. Uh, Titus Swin was just phen- has been phenomenal as a freshman, is their second leading rusher. Uh, he goes down with a knee injury late in that San Diego State game. So, I mean, and that's one of the things we talked about before this season is I thought, you know, with with them losing Zach Watts and Gavin Rush, which a lot of people have forgotten about just because th- those were two of their top interior offensive linemen they lost back in the spring to, to season-ending knee injuries. Um, so you're talking about, you know, three of your top uh, interior offensive linemen that they that they don't have anymore and, and, and two of your top three running backs down, and yet they're rushing for nearly 240 yards a game. And they're doing it when everybody in the stadium knows that they're going to run the ball more times than not. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive um, to to watch what they're doing up front. And um, you know, obviously, Sean Chambers just brings a whole different dynamic. Man, I mean, he's he's so dynamic, um, you know, with his legs. And and that's sort of the thing because even when all, you know defenses load the box, and you can sit there and say, well, you know, we're going to bring uh, eight or nine guys, and you know, you've only got um, seven or eight blockers, you know, so we're going to, there's going to be one free rusher that can get to you. But, um, you know, it's one, it's one thing to say that you're going to get to Sean Chambers and bring him down. It's another to actually do it. Um, so, you know, if, if that guy doesn't come in there and, and make the tackle, um, you know, Sean Chambers is going to, you know, he's going to bust one for 30, 40 yards and any running back is. 
um, you know, it's, it's not easy to bring those guys down, you know, when you, when you get your hands on them. So, um, you know, it's sort of a high risk, high reward move on, on, on the defense's part. Um, yeah, you want to bring more guys than they can block, but if you don't make that tackle, if you don't make the play, um, you know, they're, they're out of the shoot for, for a long gainer. And, um, you know, I just think that's, you know, as, as far as them being able to be as efficient as they've been on the ground, um, with, with, with not much help from the passing game consistently, uh, with, with defenses knowing they're going to do it. Um, yeah, I'm sort of with you in the sense that I think um, that they're just so physical up front uh, and are so good at what they do that, you know, even as this schedule, you know, gets um, considerably tougher uh, after Nevada and as they head into November, I think it's going to be a, a game plan that, that is going to keep them in every game they play. Yeah, and like you said, all the more impressive is they've done it with a revolving door of offensive linemen. I mean, it it it's brought up in most game or most um, NFL games anymore, um, or so Twitter tells me. But uh, that um, repetition, offensive lines playing together. I mean, it, it, experience at single positions and from single players matters, but having an entire offensive line playing together consistently, same personnel. Um, is most definitely underrated, and people just don't seem to to think about it much. So for this kind of revolving door of offensive linemen to happen via injury and guys stepping up, like hey, even Laramie native and graduate Frank Crum stepping in, like you've yeah. and and um, Sheridan graduate Blaine Baker, um, he's a redshirt freshman. Him being on the depth chart now, or like or be, being suited up in you know some of these situations. It's incredible to see that consistency and to see it happen at, you know, still the D1 group of five level. It's incredible. Um, And like you said, having competent backs and quarterbacks, dynamic guys out of the backfield that can spring one. That's, I don't, for me, a guy that covers high school football here, you would be rare to find anybody outside of maybe Mountain View that that throws the ball um, a collegiate amount, Mountain View and Thunder Basin. But there's Glenn Rock, who has thrown the ball seven times this year, and I believe all seven of them have been intercepted. And every other and every other time they ran the double wing offense and they ran the ball, if all of if not all the time, if not you know Sons one play. Everybody in the state knows what they're going to do. They they either know it's going to go to the left or to the right. But knowing what's going to happen and stopping it, it are two entirely different things. And honestly, yeah. to see to see that come out of these Cowboys this year is is kind of cool. Kind of cool to see it in college football. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the open, they're five and two, two and one in the Mountain West, and um, yeah, all their goals are still in front of them very much in the in the thick of the uh mountain division race there in uh, in the mountain west and uh so this saturday they get nevada uh and honestly this is a this is a game that they should win uh nevada has got all sorts of quarterback issues right now uh they've had three different quarterbacks that have that have started at least one game and uh Malik Henry was the latest he's actually started the last two games and for anybody that um, watches the uh, Last Chance U um, documentary on, on Netflix uh, about junior college football, he was featured on that show. He was actually played at Independence uh, Community College there in Kansas before he uh, 
before he actually walked on at Nevada. But, um, yeah, Nevada coach Jay Norvell has benched him, and it's not for a disciplinary issue or even a performance issue. Um, he just said that um, he was benching him so that he could focus on his academics. Malik Henry is not uh, going to play against Wyoming. I don't think I don't even think he's going to make the trip. So um, that leaves a freshman in Carson Strong and a senior in Christian Solano as their two remaining quarterbacks. But um, you know, they, none of those guys, all of those, all three of those quarterbacks have thrown at least as many interceptions as they have touchdowns this year. And uh, Malik and Carson Strong have both thrown more interceptions than they have touchdowns. Uh, this year and uh, Carson Strong was was their starter at the beginning of the year and just didn't go that well and they've sort of had a musical chairs at that position ever since so um, you know the way to beat this Wyoming team or at least this Wyoming defense is through the air um, because you know even though you know New Mexico actually had um, pretty good success against Wyoming particularly on the edges I think uh, I think they ended up with 160-ish rushing yards. I can't remember the exact total, but it was the most Wyoming had given up all year, and they they really hit him on the edges with some uh, with some uh, big gainers with some of their speedier backs. But you know, Wyoming's consistently has been pretty good against the run this season. I mean, it's just a lot to to ask to rip off those chunks um, consistently over the course of four quarters against this Wyoming defense. So, um, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, eventually, you know, they're, they're going to be forced to put the ball in the air uh, and, and try to beat this Wyoming defense. And, you know, they, they will probably hit a few plays every every once in a while. I mean, everybody has in this Wyoming defense. Their, their pass defense continues to struggle some. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be a situation where they probably have to lean on the passing game more than they want to. And, I, I mean, I could see this game being close at half. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think – you know, Wyoming will force Nevada into a couple, uh, a few turnovers. You know, they're late um, in the second half, and uh, I think they end up pulling away. Uh, with, I think they're an eleven and a half point favorite in Vegas, so I, I expect them to cover in this game or at least come close to it. All right, all right. Well, I was going to do my Vegas uh, hot money predictions for the Mountain West, but now I don't think I want to anymore. Now that now that you're giving away, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> now you're giving away the game too much, bro. <laughs> um. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that might be the most interesting point for me with this game. Um, is Nevada does have a little bit of that contrasting style and an unorthodox, unique offense um, in general, let alone the Mountain West. So I'm very I'm I'm typically curious as to how Wyoming's defensive schemes are going into games, but this one especially this this one really gets gets me pumped up to be honest. Um, so I'm I'm going to be with you on the over right there. Um I'll join you in that, but that was my thought before you said that. <laughs> um but yeah, that's but I'm more excited um about seeing how Wyoming scouts defensively against the Nevada offense than winning a couple coin um off that line. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. Like, and Nevada's Nevada's not great on defense either. I mean, they are New Mexico, as yeah. I mentioned, is the giving up the most passing yards in the FBS. Uh, Nevada is right there with them. I mean, they, I think they're 116th uh, in pass defense. Now, obviously, Wyoming's really not the team to 
take advantage of that. But I mean, there's going to be opportunities for them to hit pass for to complete some passes. And I, I think the biggest thing for this Wyoming offense is just continuing to build on what you did last week in the passing game. You, uh, you know, even if. Nevada sort of contains that running game early because New Mexico did the same thing. I think Wyoming only had 97 rushing yards at the half last week. Um, and then they turned it on the second half. And I, I just think the, 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 the style and that physicality up front is, I mean, it just wears teams out, man. I mean, you know, and, and I talked to Bart Miller and some of the offensive linemen earlier this week, and I've got a story up at Trib.com and PostAuthority.com for any of you that want to go uh, read that, check that out. But um, just kind of talking about the mentality of this Wyoming team. And even when teams know they're going to run the ball and just stack the box, um, how they're able to continue to be, to be effective when they do that. And I think part of it is just, you know, they, they practice that way all the time. Um, and, and it's just kind of part of their DNA at this point. And eventually they're, they're going to, they're going to, I think they're going to wear down a, a decent, but not great, um, Nevada front seven. Um, and you know, it's going to give them chances to, you know, to hit some passes, um, and and stay ahead of the chains. And that's, that's really all Wyoming needs to do, man. Um, stay ahead of the chains, um, stay out of third, second and long, third and long, that way you can keep your whole playbook open. Because, you know, when you stay ahead of the chains, man, you're, you're staying in, in third and medium, third and short. Um, obviously, you know, with Wyoming, you, they're a threat to run the ball every down. And then, you know, but you can also go play action the way they've done um, and, and completely caught teams off guard in, in that aspect a couple times. If, and, um, you know, if you'll remember the play action that they did to Josh Harshman against UNLV where there was nobody around him on third and short and then, um, another play action, uh, oh, you know, midway through the fourth quarter last week, uh, where Josh Harshman was again wide open in the end zone that uh, put them up three <laughs> scores and put the game away. And so, you know, as they can just be efficient in the pass game, man. That, that that's all they need to offset, um, you know, how, how dominant they they've been on the ground. And um, so, you know, I just I, I just don't think. And particularly at home, I just don't think Nevada, particularly if if they have to be one-dimensional and put the ball in the hands of a freshman quarterback who's already had his share of struggles this year, um, I, I just don't see that as a recipe for success. And, um, you know, Wyoming has yet to lose a game that they've won the turnover margin. I fully expect them to uh, win the turnover margin again this this week. And, I mean, short of Wyoming just being completely uncharacteristic with a bunch of turnovers and a bunch of penalties, um, which has not been – uh, Wyoming's MO at all this year. I mean, they've done a fantastic job taking care of the ball, only four turnovers. Um, you know, I, I just don't see a way that Nevada can really come up with enough points to, to pull that out. Yeah. Cause it, so. w- yeah, Wyoming has that opportunity to exploit a very porous passing defense, um, on, on Saturday, but I, like we kind of have seen lately, uh, Sean, Sean, Ch- <laughs> Sean Chambers' best day isn't when, you know, it's a, you know, shotgun snap, short drawback, and just trying to pick them apart. Sean Chambers' best yeah. day is just being efficient, moving. He's capable of making the big plays, but within this offense, within the system that's built for this, and within his weapons out wide, it's it's not taking like that kind of Oregon style approach to it and just try to like you know dissect the defense down. It's going to be based on maybe he do, maybe he throws the ball twice on that drive. Maybe he doesn't throw it at all that yeah. drive. Um, so 
I, that, that's a that's a hot take. Uh, Wyoming's best arm are their legs. Well, I mean, they're it, that's worked out pretty well for them for this to this point. But um, on that note, I do think yeah, this fair. is a a game not only to, you know to complete more passes and sort of build off what you did last week, but just to establish more confidence with with, with Sean and, and in this passing game. Um, you know, considering what they have coming up in November. Uh, but Brady, we can go ahead and take a break. And uh, when we come yeah. back, we will take a mid-season dive into the Mountain West Bowl picture and what that's looking like. back into the postcast and now Brady I just wanted to uh take a look at the Mountain West standings and more specifically um which teams were still in the uh in the bowl picture or in the hunt for a bowl bid I guess I should say um you know it's interesting because now we are uh more than halfway through the season and um you've you've got two teams in the Mountain West and Boise State and San Diego State that are already bowl eligible. Um, and you've got Utah State, Air Force, and Wyoming um, all at five and two or four and two. Uh, Utah State's at four and two because they've had a bye. But, um, <clears throat> and then you have um, Fresno State, Hawaii, and Nevada all at right one game above 500 or at 500. So, all we you know, with still, you know, four or five games to play. Um, depending on the team, um, that is as many as, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams that I think realistically um, could buy for a bowl spot. Now, Colorado State, New Mexico, they're out. I mean, they're two and five. They're not making a bowl. Um, San Jose State has actually been a surprise uh, in the Mountain West, you know, relative to what they've been recently. I mean, they're three and four, but I can't see them getting to uh, six wins. And then UNLV two and five, they're uh, winless in the conference. They're, they're out. And I'm, you know, some of these teams probably be looking for a new head coach next year. But um, this is, I, I found this interesting because um, Boise State's loss to BYU last weekend uh, sort of affects all of this. Um, because, remember, um, Mountain West only has five contracted bowl tie-ins, and Wyoming knows as well as anybody that, uh, you know, sometimes you can have more uh, bowl-eligible teams than there are bowl slots and get left out. Um, so Boise State, with their loss to BYU, 
they are no longer the highest ranked group of five team. In fact, there's uh, there's two teams ahead of them um, that are in the group of five in, in terms of rankings, um, Cincinnati and uh, SMU. If that if that pans out, let's just say hypothetically um, that Boise State went on to win the Mountain West. Um, you know, if if SMU and or Cincinnati don't lose again, then obviously Boise State's not going to jump them. Um, they're not going to get that New Year's Six Bowl spot as the highest ranked uh, Group of Five Conference champion, which means that Boise State falls back into the Mountain West Bowl rotation, which means now you they are being one of those five uh, Mountain West contracted bowls, um, which obviously takes another um, spot away from if you have more um, than uh, five more bowl eligible teams. Um, or four more balls will teams, excuse me. So, um, you know, I think that's one reason because, look, uh, I'm fairly certain that Boise State and San Diego State are both going to win at least one more game this year. I'm I'm about 100% certain on that. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Boise State and, and San Diego State are in. Um, and then I think personally that Utah State, Air Force, and Wyoming are all going to be bowl eligible when it's all said and done. And, and or, or I should say – actually get to a bowl um, because I, this is looking like, you know, with eight teams sort of still in the mix, this is looking like another scenario that Wyoming sort of found itself in last year where you could, you can have, uh, you know, more bowl eligible teams than there are slots. And uh, it, I think it's going to take um, more than just the six and six bowl eligibility to, to, you know, get a bowl this year. I think you're going to have to have at least seven wins and um, I think that's a, that's a reason why um, this Wyoming-Nevada game is an important game for both sides. You know, when you consider what Wyoming has coming up in November, now look, I am not sitting here saying that, you know, Wyoming can't win, um, you know, at least half of those games. But they're sitting here at 5-2, and two, um, and then you've got Nevada at 4-3. and three. You know, if Wyoming, um, if they lose that game Saturday – you know they're sitting at five and three with their last four games being at Boise, at Utah State, home against Colorado State, and then at Air Force. I mean, you're talking about three of your three of the toughest games in your schedule, maybe not counting Missouri in the season opener. I mean, the, you know, Boise, Utah State, and Air Force. Those are all three teams in your division that were picked to finish ahead of you in the preseason and are currently ahead of you in the standings. I mean, those are. That is a bear of a November schedule. We we talked about it even going back to the preseason. But um, you know, if you lose this game in year five and three, you have to at least split in November to guarantee yourself almost certainly of actually getting to a bowl game. Yeah, and not to mention the the fourth and final one in that mix is at, is hosting Colorado State. And I know that the Cowboys have found success at War Memorial not only this year but in that rivalry. But it's a rivalry game, and you can't you can't bank on an on a W for a rivalry game, man. Like we've yeah. we've just seen it too many times. Weirder things have happened. So again, yeah, not to put too much pressure on this Saturday, but you would really really like to get to the six win mark going in to that stretch, especially for a team like Wyoming that hasn't been as successful on the road at all this year. So yeah. it's, yeah. um, I, I mean, it's, 
interesting to think about how far this program has come and that they they could be bowl eligible before the end of October. But on the flip side of that, you look like there's, they aren't a solid favorite in three of those final four games. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an October game for bowl eligibility, but it's a really big one. It's a really important one. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's a, I think this is a swing game for Wyoming in, yep. in, in ways, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you win this game and get to six and two, I mean, you're, you know, I can say for sir, Wyoming's not going to go winless in November. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're going to win at least one of those games and they can win multiple of those games. But to your point, they're probably going to be underdogs uh, at Boise, uh, at Utah state and at air force. And yeah, their uh, two losses this year have both been on the road. Um, now they've they've been in every single one of their games this year, but um, yeah, I mean if 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 some if Wyoming were to somehow slip up on, at home on Saturday in Nevada, um, you're sitting at five and three with those two back to back road games coming up after a bye week at Boise and at uh, Utah State. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, you very well could be again. You're probably going to need seven wins um, to secure your spot in a bowl. Um, you know, if you drop this one, um, you could very well be going to uh, Air Force in the uh, season finale, needing a win to secure that spot. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find a tougher schedule in a single month than what Wyoming has coming up uh, in November. I mean, the whoever put that schedule together did the, did them no favors. Um, you know, sort of, you know, t- two of those teams, Boise and Utah State, are. I mean, they were the favorites in the preseason to to to, uh, to win the conference, um, both from the same division. So, and then Air Force, man, uh, you know their their defense is really good. Um, you know, I know their that option offense gets usually gets all the headlines and all the pub, but um, they're really good on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, and then another part of this too is the fact that you can sort of um, kill two birds with one stone because if you win, you you know, become technically bowl eligible, but we mentioned Nevada, they're four and three. You give them another loss, they become four and four and you, you can essentially knock them out of the bowl picture almost. I mean, they, because they still have games um, that they have to play in the West division against uh, San Diego state and Fresno state. Now that, you know, I'm not saying they couldn't win some of those games, but they would have to split um, in their final four games, just to get to six and six. And if you're, you know, again, you're probably going to need seven wins, um, you know, to make sure that you actually get to a bowl. So, you know, if if Wyoming were to beat Nevada this weekend, Nevada would essentially have to win three of their last four games, um, you know, to, to stay realistically in the picture. So, um, you know, you win this game, if you're Wyoming, you can, you can essentially lock up your spot in a bowl almost um, and take a, another step to doing that. And uh, sort of knock uh, Nevada out of the out of the picture as well. Yeah, you know the best way to do that: hand the ball off to Brett Breton. That's what I do. You think so? I it it has worked every time. Yeah. Well, it was it was funny because uh, Craig Bowl actually <laughs> said uh, that he they were going to look at kind of distributing the ball more in the backfield because Xavier Valade carried it thirty three times which was a career high for him. And um, I think it was 11 Oof. more than his previous career high. I don't think he had uh, had 20, 22, more than 22 carries in any game before last Saturday. 
Um, and, you know, he's not the biggest dude in the world. I mean, he's not a 215, 220-pound bruiser back there. I mean, he's about 195 pounds, and, you know, Craig said that that's probably too many carries for him, but, you know, when you're down to your three, top three running backs um, and, and you're at a point in the season, second half of the season, you're trying to um, get to bowl eligibility, um, you know, I, I don't think they really have much choice but to – uh, but to put the ball in your best playmaker's hands and, and in order to try to win the game. And right now that's uh, Sean Chambers and Xavier Valade. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if maybe they'll mix in uh, Brett Brenton and Jeff Burrows a little bit more, give them a, another touch here or there. But, you know, if that game's close or they're falling behind, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're going to, uh, they're going to dance with the ones that brought them. Well, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to question anybody's, thought process and that that's all i'm gonna say i'm not questioning yeah. anybody's i just i know handing the ball off to brett Brenton would help yeah okay well um yeah so and you look back to this whole bowl thing i mean wyoming's aspirations at this point are much higher i mean we've yeah. talked about this even since uh you know before the season started you know, there wasn't anybody that talked about, hey, we just want to get to bowl eligibility and be content with that. I mean, this team believes it can compete for Mountain West Championship. They're in the hunt, um, you know, which which makes – which is another reason this <laughs> makes this game on Saturday even even bigger. Um, you know, they've already got the loss to San Diego State. If, if you trip up against Nevada, you're essentially done uh, with two losses um, going to Boise State, which – has yet to lose in conference, Utah State, which is yet to lose in conference. Now, there's actually a pretty big game in, in the division this week with Utah State and uh, Air Force playing, um, and Air Force has already got one conference loss, so um, they can't really afford another one if they want to sort of stay in, in the hunt in the mountain division. But, um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, um, you know, bowl eligibility and, and making a bowl is sort of the, the minimum expectation for this Wyoming team now at 5-2. and two. And, uh so, I mean, there, there, there's – I know a lot of people are, um, you know, particularly like media and, and maybe some fans too, sort of looking ahead to that November schedule, man. But there's – this game on Saturday against Nevada is uh, – it's important in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think we, we talked about it at the very – the emergency pod after the win over Missouri. That game changed everything. I mean, that – Beating an SEC team meant a, an entire change of priorities and expectations for this year, and not making a bowl game simply it would almost be a disappointment at this you know at based on the trajectory of this team and where their expectations for the season could go. Um, you yeah. don't ju- you don't just want to make a bowl game; they want to make a good bowl game, and well, they want to win a yeah. championship. Yeah, not to, not to be yeah. Well, for sure, for sure. And and all of the things that kind of come with competing for a conference championship, gaining a notable bowl game that that can be after Christmas. But yeah, not to beat it into the pulp, but uh, this this game would help them on that yeah. right path. And one quick note about uh, Saturday: if Wyoming were to win and get to bowl eligibility, uh, it'd obviously be their fourth straight year. Uh, of being bowl eligible, and that has not happened since uh, 1996 to 1999. So <laughs> almost two decades um, since they've pulled off four straight bowl eligible seasons. And I don't know. I'd have I need to do some research and see when the last time is that they 
became bowl eligible before November even got here. I mean, that's I can't imagine there's too many Wyoming teams that have done that um, if they end up pulling that off. So that'll be something to watch for on Saturday for sure. Um, Brady, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. So um, you guys can uh, you know always stay locked into a trib.com, pokesauthority.com. We'll have complete coverage from Wyoming's game against Nevada on Saturday. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at Pokes Authority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. Also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Oltmans. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So uh, be sure to uh, like it, download it, share it, and give us that five-star rating. Uh, Brady, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me as always. And a uh, quick note, just – for next week, uh, we will get a podcast out a little earlier than usual because uh, with it being Wyoming's second and final bye week, I'm actually going to take a couple of days off late next week. So we're going to knock that out a little earlier next week and uh, maybe even talk some uh, Wyoming basketball um, because they have an exhibition game <laughs> coming up on Wednesday, which is it's crazy to think that basketball season's already here, essentially. But um, you know, it's it's also like one of my favorite times of the of the uh, college sports seasons when the football and uh, basketball seasons overlap. So uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and get into that. And uh, as, as I said, we'll get this uh, podcast out a little earlier next week. But appreciate all of you for listening, and we will catch up with you again next week.